0: Back to the FaithBridge Women's Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ashley Urban, here, and you're listening to our last episode in this series, Stronger Together.
1: And I'm your other host, Kasha Glass. In the last few weeks, we've gotten to dive deeper into the topic of Christ centered community and several ways that we live that out in our lives. We hope you've been encouraged and spurred on by each one of those. Um, they certainly have been encouraging to me.
0: Me too, they really have. What we know for sure is there is joy to be found in sacrificing Mm -hmm. our time for the good of others and for the glory of God. However, those great endeavors to serve, meet in a small group, attend church, or enter into discipleship don't take the place of what's most important, which is a personal relationship with God.
1: And that's so true. I mean, all the things, leadership, community service, all these things we've been talking about, they come out of an overflow of that personal relationship with God. Uh, And they can't take the place of that relationship. So today we're going to hit on a couple of facets of what grows and roots us in relationship with God. And to help us dive into that topic some more, we have a most insightful guest with us today, Hannah Connor. Hannah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, maybe what you do, and how long you've been a part of FaithBridge?
2: Yeah, Um, let's see. I have been coming to FaithBridge for probably 11 or 12 years now. Had a stint on staff um, for several years, maybe five years altogether. Right now, I work at Bridging for Tomorrow, which is a community center and food pantry started as a faith bridge initiative about 10 years ago. I'm the communications director there. I have a husband, two children, and we recently moved back to the U.S. after doing missions um, in London in the U.K. for a couple of years.
0: It's awesome. Thanks so much for being with us today, Hannah. Well, let's jump right into our conversation today. So, um, you know, we're going to all, I think, answer some of these questions together about how we maintain personal connection to God. So, let me just ask the two of you guys: like, how do you maintain personal connection to God? Whether that's through prayer, reading your Bible, what does that look like for each of y'all?
2: Yeah, I think i I don't have a lot of formal uh, systems set up. I have. Time in my car, especially, which is kind of what I use Mm. as my time with God because children are not there. Um, (laughs) And there's solitude. And so I would say prayer, reflection, and listening. Um, Obviously, I don't read my Bible while I'm driving. Um, (laughs) Probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. But also, um, I have some apps that I listen to on the way that's kind of guided meditations um, that are helpful. So... Every day, I would say that's kind of my prayer time is to and from, to and from work.
1: Yeah, that's a really good way to use that time. I mean, we have you're just sort of captive audience with God too, right? Like uh, <laughs> nobody can get to you, and then He can get to you, right? So <laughs> that's really cool. I like the idea of um, the guided meditations and and using. Uh, I'm so like, how can we use our phone mm-hmm. in yeah. ways that actually fuel our spiritual growth, mm-hmm. right? And so for me. Um, I have to be careful, though, because I get really distracted by my phone, too. Um, It's really bad, but definitely uh, for me, it's, um, you know, finding that time. I'm a real slow reader, so for me, my Bible time, I've never been one of those that could just zip through like a yearly read-through-the-Bible plan. I mean, I tried. It took me five years to get through a one-year plan, and (laughs) I stayed in the book of Isaiah for like a (laughs) year um, because I'm like constantly— checking the cross references or writing down what I think and everything. But what I I found as I've kind of moved away from being sort of legalistic about it is the fruit that comes out of just that, just hanging out with Jesus in the Bible and chasing those um, rabbit trails of, okay, where does this first lead? Is actually fueled my growth more than super, super structured, as long as I have some kind of plan. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's good. I uh, Myself, as I've gotten into Bible reading for myself as a young adult and now as an adult and that journey of making it personal, because I grew up in the church and was around the Bible all the time, but I think it took in high school for me to start reading it myself and then in college learning from a... um, a director or somebody over us who was like, hey, if you don't have a plan, then you're probably not going to read all of your Bible. And so it, it was learning to put a plan in place that helped me. And I think it was that habitual, I'm going to read it every day, even when I'm not necessarily getting something out of it, that helped me learn the things, I guess, that gave me context so that knowing the overarching theme of the Bible or the story of the Bible helped me understand things like Isaiah or those uh, chapters that are or books that are harder to understand if you're just coming to the Bible for the first time and I think can turn a lot of people off. If you just open your Bible to Isaiah and you start reading, you're like, I don't know what this means. Why should I read this? So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have felt that before too, like when you first started reading your Bible and maybe what was it that helped you overcome that hesitation towards it?
2: I grew up uh, in a Christian home also and reading the Bible was part of our daily routine. So since I was young, either my mom, I was homeschooled, my mom reading to us, lots of memorization um, or even part of, my day was set aside for like, okay, now you go and you read the Bible for mm-hmm. 15 minutes. So as I got older, I think uh, the biggest hurdle I had to overcome was over-familiarity or just mm-hmm. boredom um, with what I was reading um, and being like, yeah, I know. I've read that. I know the story. Yeah. Um, I know where it's going. And also, I think there was a sense of uh, guilt mm-hmm. because I found it really boring so yeah. often but at the same time, knowing, you know, the Bible says that uh, the word of God won't return void. So if I approach it and I walk away bored or with nothing, then obviously, like, I'm doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, was pretty intimidating at first, not knowing yeah. how to how to handle it in that way. Like, what do I do if I'm just like, actually, I, I, I'm done reading. I don't think it was very interesting. I don't feel like I got anything out of it. Yeah, I'm not, I can't fake myself out. I can't walk away and be like, that was, you know what? That was great. I don't, I do not have that ability. So figuring out how to be honest Mm -hmm. with myself and be like, yeah, I didn't love that. Uh, What am I going to do about it? What does that mean?
0: Yeah. So what, what did that process look like for you? Like overcoming that boredom and, and still
2: digging in? I think it looked like establishing a relationship with God that wasn't based on reading the Bible, Mm -hmm. that was based on talking to him and hearing from him. And when I was able to recognize his voice in the Bible and respond yeah. to the things that I felt like he was doing in my life and realizing that um, I did not – well, it is good to have a plan. But yeah. I had a plan for so many years yeah. um, that what was helpful to me was realizing that I could follow what I was curious about yeah, or what I felt like God might have been speaking to me about anyway. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to read a chapter and then move on for the day, I could read two verses if I wanted to. Um, I could read, you know, a whole book if I wanted to, giving yeah. myself the freedom to engage with it in a way that felt like it was responsive to what God was calling me to in that moment, yeah. in that day, in that season. So, And sometimes I'll just, like, read one chapter a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, that's really good.
1: Yeah, I would say for me, too, um, my prayer life, and my uh, time in the word go hand in hand. So for me, it's that meditation piece. And you can't, I mean, you could, uh, t- uh, you know, meditate on a large uh, passage of scripture, you know, a whole chapter, whatever you can. But uh, it's hard to chew on uh, 15 verses at a time. But right. to just, I've always been like, if there's something that just won't leave me alone about a verse, it just keeps going. Turning over in my mind, and I'll write it down. I do a lot of journaling, Mm -hmm. both um, what I'm, you know, impressions of what I'm reading, but also I journal my prayers a lot to God, and Mm -hmm. I journal what um, I feel that the Holy Spirit is communicating back to me. And oftentimes, what I it's usually some part of uh, a scripture, something that's um, resonating with me where the Lord is trying to get my attention. And so I have journal after journal after journal for years and years and years of that conversation back and forth with God. Um, and that conversation with myself over the word. And so for me, when it talks about in the book of Hebrews, that the, the word of God is living and active, like that has been, I mean, I feast on it because it is living and active and God is using it to, to guide me. And that's, um, and so like I went through a season, I think it must've been last year. It was when it was, I think it was the start of COVID when just very spiritually dead. And I was trying to read the gospel and I'm like, Lord, I need to see you in the book of Luke. Mm-hmm. Like I need to hear you speaking these words. Cause they're just feeling like words on the page. And I just yeah. began to really approach my reading time with prayer of Lord, show me you. And so it was really cool then to read, um, and, and to to see God move in that way for me, to see Jesus at work, and start to notice like how He always had the, an eye for the outsider. How He always was uh, was bringing um, the people that were on the fringe, women, uh, people who were sinners, people who had afflictions. Like He was always bringing them into His circle, and so it was really powerful to me. Yeah. But it all was wrapped up in that constant conversation with God about His Word.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's so good. And and both of you make a great point of, I think Bible reading and our time in the Bible is not one set way for everybody. Like there's not a script of if you don't do it this way, you're not going to be able to get anything. And there's not a, you've got to take it this fast to get things from it. But it is, there's, you know, just approach the Bible and, and figure out what works for you. And I think that's maybe where a lot of people get tripped up is they come to the Bible and they're like, I don't even know that this, or try to do something and it doesn't work for them, and then you just shut it because you're like, oh, this isn't going to work for me. But persisting and finding what is the rhythm, where are you going to find it? And for those of us that have been in the Bible, not getting into the complacency of like, I know your words, but like Kasha, you said, you know, engaging God and how he speaks through his word to you. So personally, is important.
2: It's been helpful to me also to sort of chronicle the moments where I feel like God is speaking to me directly mm. through the Bible, whether that's like, usually I'll just make a note in my Bible and write the date down and something that, you know, when I look back at it in the future will help me remember what was happening in that moment and how I feel like God met me in this place in that moment. Yeah. And in those times, I'm not pulling out a commentary to make sure that I've got the right context, you yeah. know, for First Samuel 16. Yeah. Um, I'm open to what God's saying to me mm-hmm. in that moment and submitting to to whatever he's pointing out in me or whatever he's encouraging me toward, encouraging me towards and that's been you know as I flip through the bible now I see all of those all of those times that God has spoken to me directly and in such yeah. a meaningful way and that's an encouragement to keep coming back to it yeah i
1: mean i think everybody should be developing their own personal commentary in their bible right and putting those dates and those thoughts and those mo- those aha moments of where God spoke to you and what was going on. And I think that's why like we should not the same Bible that you started with when you were twelve should not be the same Bible. I mean, you can keep it and refer back to it, yeah. but it should in my mind it should be so full of notes that you have to make the very hard decision to start a new Bible. <laughs> I know it's so tragic. you can start new <laughs> new notes in the margins and um to just chronicle that, that this, is a, this is a living God with plans and intentions for our lives, yeah. and he's speaking to us. And I think that's one of the questions I get from people is, like, you say God speaks to you. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I hear people say that. Christians say that. But is he talking to you? Or, like, is it a voice in your head? Um, and so, just, I, so I always like to hear, like, when people say God speaks to me, w- what does that mean?
2: Well, I think, first of all, my understanding of the ways that God can speak to me are pretty – I'm pretty open to um, not just reading something through a verse, but if I'm watching a TV show and there's a theme in there or a conversation that two characters are having and it feels like something that I've actually been thinking about or wrestling with, Mm -hmm. I I don't rule out that, like, that's God letting me know he's with me and he's walking me through that – So I think it just looks like expecting to hear from him and knowing that he has everything at his disposal to speak to me. Um, Friends, scripture, you know, sermons or messages for sure, but also in really unexpected ways, Um, whether it's running into someone who I did not expect to see and leaving that experience and thinking, I wonder if – you know, maybe that was God's gift to me to kind of get me through what's happening today. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't, to me, that doesn't feel like over-spiritualizing it. Um, But also there were times where, when it was really hard for me to engage with Scripture or with the Bible or just feeling really dry, where I would come up with, I don't know, tricks, kind of ways to keep myself engaged or talking to God. And as a... They're pretty silly. Like I remember what I used to do all the time. Um, again, when I was driving, was I would see something, and I would think, "All right, well, how is God like that thing?" Hmm. And whether it was, uh, you know, a gas station or litter on the ground or like the James Coney Island sign, I remember wondering, being like, "All right, how's God? How is God like a hot dog, Hannah?" Like you, <laughs> you just, you just don't know what what he's made of. You know, all of these no, really God. cheesy <laughs> things, but. Whatever I needed to do that was kind of like a response and showing God, I, I'd i love to hear from you, and I'm here doing mm-hmm. everything at my disposal, no matter however silly or pointless it might seem. Um, I, I'm i ready for you to speak to me if it's in this way or this way or this way. Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing was just sort of broadening my expectations of what it could look like for God to speak to me. Yeah.
0: That's really good. I think that the intentionalness for us to persevere when we're in a dry season. And like you're saying, just come up with ways to continue to connect with God and let him speak. And I think expecting him to speak in that, in different ways, because we can get in that, He's only going to speak through sermons. He's only going to speak through his word. But God is infinite and so much bigger than any kind of limitation that that we would put on him. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times God's spoken to me through a movie that meant nothing, but it mm-hmm. was what God was saying to me in that season. It was important. And uh, Or, you know, taking a walk in nature and seeing something in the trees. And it, I mean, that might sound silly, but that's where God has done some great work to speak intentionally to me personally.
1: Especially if you've been marinating in mm-hmm. his word. And mm-hmm. you have been, because I, I believe God makes us more spiritually sensitive, the more that we're tuned into him. And mm-hmm. so then we are aware of how he's guiding us. I, I I find that when I'm going through something where God's trying to change me, transform me in some ways, then I'm like tuned in, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I've got the right. radio tuned to that God channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am hearing it. It is reinforcing. He's constantly reinforcing the message, um, mm-hmm. especially when it's in a time where I'm really fighting him on something um, and he is trying to get my attention. Um, then I'll hear it. I'll, it'll just keep popping up. I'll hear it in a sermon. I'll mm-hmm. hear it in something a friend tells me. It'll happen it's from a movie or a song, like just that constant going back to whatever it is he's trying to, to teach me or change me, mm-hmm. especially if I've been pushing back against him. you know.
2: Yeah, I've heard someone say that the longer you walk with God and the more, I don't know, experience you have with him, the quieter that his voice gets along the way in your journey. And you've got to lean in further and further to hear, um, which I've always really hated that, but simultaneously found it to be uh, true (laughs) in my experience. (laughs) I would love it if he would just make it real easy on me, but... The more I see of His goodness, I feel like um, the more opportunities He gives me to to respond and mm-hmm. to be faithful in the chase after Him in times when it's difficult. So especially in those times of desperation um, or confusion in life, you know, not knowing is this the right decision or it, we have a deadline here. God, I actually need to know by this Thursday at yeah. seven. So if we could make that happen. Um, not giving up in those moments and not getting discouraged when it's not as easy as it once was or uh, an answer doesn't come in the way I expected or in the timeline that I needed.
1: Mm-hmm. That's cool. It just makes me think of the Narnia series a little bit where um, and maybe in Prince Caspian or uh, the next one, but, but Aslan shows up to Lucy and Lucy says, you're so much bigger look so different like as we go through our lives mm-hmm. um and it's not as easy they had to really look for him and believe he was out there mm-hmm. um and it's just that like i'm not gonna keep showing up the same way you have to press in to find me like i'm because i'm drawing you into deeper relationship mm-hmm. i'm drawing you to to exercise your faith in bigger ways and and um just the challenge of that i always thought that was really really cool in those books that he
2: doesn't show up the same way every time yeah totally He can't just decide actually I'm good here so I'm just gonna camp out in this spot I know how to hear you here my life's okay nothing nothing exciting or upsetting is happening so I think this is a good spot like he doesn't he doesn't let that doesn't let that happen unfortunately yes. I mean probably not unfortunately but it would good that's where us. I would be yeah. so hard right
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like uh, something I have been marinating on in this spring is uh, a passage that's always meant a lot to me is 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 that says, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And I think God revealed a different layer of that that uh, uh, makes sense with what you guys are sharing, but just how I think... We're looking in a microwave society for an instant answer a lot of times when we're coming to God with requests or things that we don't understand or clarity, but instead of responding with the neon sign of an answer, sometimes God responds with intimacy, and that's exactly what we need. And I think it's like you said, that's that leaning in when you get further on in your relationship with God that grows our faith, and he lets us flex that muscle of faith when we're waiting and we don't see an answer. We don't have an instant, this makes sense, this is what God's saying, but in that leaning in and wrestling, I think he, he grows our intimacy with him. And there's a great blessing in that, like just being able to, to wrestle through that.
2: For sure. And I Mm -hmm. think one of the, one of the lessons that I've learned kind of walking through that same experience is that I want an answer when God wants to give me himself Mm. and being satisfied with that more than satisfied, feeling like actually that is, that is what I needed and that is the best thing that I could have in this moment, not demanding an answer instead of, instead of God himself when that's what he's offering. Mm.
1: That's so good. It is good. And it's something I don't know that I, let's just say I'm thankful for my friends being with me and standing with me in those moments Mm -hmm. of reminding me that, look, sometimes the answer is simply the presence of God Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's going to be okay, but, you need to press into to, to he's offering you himself. Yeah, right. Even mm-hmm. more, and I mean that's like basically hello theme of the book of Job, right? Like <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Job wants an answer for why, and God doesn't actually
2: really give him an answer, but He gives him Himself. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, That's yeah. so good.
2: And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I've kind of learned to pray—it's not my go-to prayer, but I'll get there eventually. Like if you're not going to answer me, then then give me your presence. I definitely want an answer first, so it's like you know, down the line after I've been waiting for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's not plan A.
1: A prayer I was praying, in fact, just today I was. This has just been a long couple of days, and and um, and I uh, was just saying, Lord, I just need to know what what you see when you see me. I need to see because I was really struggling with some self doubt and different things, and I'm like, I just, I need to know when you look at me, what do you see? And it just the things that he was bringing to my mind, um, you know, what it means that he delights in me, things like that. Like
2: that's enough. I still don't have answers to my questions, Mm -hmm. but I have him.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: One way that I've also learned to know that God is speaking is like when he's talking my language, Mm. when it's what, it's the kind of thing that just resonates with me. Like in the story of the, the prodigal son, um, the son Wants his inheritance, leaves, squanders it, partying and living it up, and then kind of reaches rock bottom and comes back. And the father embraces him. And what the father does to show him love is he throws a party, which is kind of like the love language of the son who, like, ran away mm-hmm. to have a party. Wow. I feel like God I never thought of about how that. to yeah. speak. He knows how to speak right to us in a way that maybe it wouldn't mean anything to anybody else, but we know, and that's for us. And, I mean, like, hanging on to those moments, mm. it, it makes such a difference. Because um, I don't – I want to know that God knows me, mm-hmm. and I don't know why that – maybe it's, like, super self-centered to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you say to everybody. But what are you saying to me? Mm. In fact, we had a conversation about this the other day. <laughs> When uh, and uh, God using the word beloved in how He relates to us, and and saying that like yeah I I, I know I am God's beloved, but there is just a certain way that He that He speaks to me, and it's not it's not always using that language. It's kind of in this yeah. quirky, offbeat. Um, it feels like it's our our secret code where I hear certain things. And I'm like oh that's for me. Mm. I know he that's he's sending that to me. Yeah, it makes sense.
1: I mean we're wired he wired us the way he wired us mm-hmm. so why wouldn't he speak to us in the way that we can receive right mm-hmm. like um those of us that are very uh motivated by nature and beauty and mm-hmm. art like i mean we can get a whole sermon from a sunset mm-hmm. right because mm-hmm. that is that is what we're going to receive the right. majesty and the awe of god yeah um but but it's because He knows that, and that's how he's communicating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also so cool to finally get to that place, I think, once i got deeper in my relationship with god to realize his personal nature to us too like that he takes the time to personally re- court, like respond to us and have fellowship with us and it's not just big god in the sky who like knows everyone but he doesn't actually know all the intricacies of us but like there's not one detail of our lives that goes past his notice and so for him to be intentional and like for us to be attentive to I know that was for me, like God was thinking of me when that happened, and that was his gift and his blessing to me, and and take notice of those things. And I think it takes having eyes to see, and, and I think like you said earlier, the spiritual listening, like hearing God's voice and knowing what his voice sounds like, but there takes there's a little bit of practice that comes with that too, of like discerning what does God's voice sound like, and some of that I think comes with reading scripture, but there's also just like that idea of listening. So I don't know for you guys, what does that process look like to discerning the voice of God in your life?
2: Well, there are a couple of things I know. I know that when God speaks, he doesn't bring confusion. Mm. Um, and I know that that the voice of God isn't the voice of fear. Mm. And I'm also not um, – I'm not worried – then I'm accidentally going to, like, hear Satan and do something crazy. Yeah. I, I feel like I used to think that that's what would happen, that I'd be like, oh, my gosh, what if I think I hear God but it's, like, evil? Mm. And then I do something and it's wrong and something crazy happens. I, just realizing, like, that's not that's not how it works. And because I know God, I, I won't mistake his voice. Yeah. Um, but – Believing that when when there's a good a good thought, um, when I'm asking for something from him, I'm not just going to dismiss an idea or a thought that comes to me as like, oh no, no, I'm sure that's just I just thought of that. Like I'm really, I'm I'm genuinely going to interact with things and consider. I asked him to speak to me, so am I am I considering that this could be it?
0: Yeah good what about for you kasha
2: i like that you said
1: um it's not going to be a voice of confusion i also think for me um because i have a very strong inner critic um it's also not going to be a voice of condemnation and criticism that doesn't mean that god isn't correcting or um convicting but there is a gentleness it's maybe strong but there is a a loving uh uh, nature behind God so for instance when I when the what I'm hearing in my head is intense criticism uh negative um, cutting me down uh, cash you're so stupid why did you that is not the voice of God yeah mm-hmm. even like legalistic like well you should have done that how you know mm-hmm. what when it's that tone that critical condemning tone I mean we're told right? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 1, because we're free. We, we still live in the flesh, but we don't, we we get to live in the life of freedom through the Spirit. So when we're hearing that, um, that and it is a type of worldly voice, that worldly voice of criticism and cut down and um, humiliation, that
2: is not the voice of God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Yeah.
2: In some ways it's easier to, sorry, Ashley. You go yeah. ahead to identify what God's voice isn't, um, mm. than what it is. Uh, sometimes saying what it is, it can feel saying it out loud can feel like, oh gosh, am I like one of those crazy Christians? that I think I might be, um, you know, where I really believe that I have a feeling of peace. I know what God's, what God's presence feels like. And so when I have, um, good ideas, or just a sense of being at rest or that things are going to be okay, and and actually saying, like, no, that's God speaking. Mm-hmm. It It's a little bit uh, scary to say, that's, that's him. That, he's saying that to me. Yeah. I also
1: find when well, we have a whole Bible full of words, but when God impresses something on me, it's usually one word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if there is someone he wants me to call, check on, just be their face, or their name, and it just won't leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And then I'll know. It's just, um, I don't, I, I'm trying to think. I think one time I was I was actually about to, I was about to pass out. I was having a medical issue, and I that was the only time I've ever felt like I almost heard an audible voice just tell me to sit down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and so was that the voice of God? That Was that the voice of um, my own protective sense? I don't know, but I did sit down, and I didn't, you know, collapse and bust my head open in the shower mm-hmm. you know so I, I but for the most part it's just it'll be a word it'll be a piece of a scripture it'll be uh, an overwhelming sense of his peace yeah things like that right.
0: So one of the practices I've actually learned from a podcast, they were talking about spiritual listening and how do we engage with the voice of God on our own. And he just talked about just asking God in your prayer time, giving him space to speak, just being silent and saying, God, what do you want to say to me today? And I've started doing that every single day. And it's been amazing because I feel like in certain seasons, he says the same thing over and over again. And it's because I'm just not believing it. (laughs) Like uh, in seasons of my life at work where I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing anything good. And he, he can, continually told me for about four weeks in a row, it was like, I'm working, I'm working, like I'm working in this, in you. And so just that act of giving him the space to speak, I think has helped me know what his voice sounds like instead of me constantly talking to him. He has better things to say than I do. (laughs) So giving him that space.
1: And you got to, that's a really good thing because if you're limited on the time that you um, can, like, let's say you've got um, young kids at home and you know you have 20 minutes before everybody wakes up and it's all and it's just you want to do all these things on your list for what a quiet time should look like but maybe it's a little scripture and then just sitting and making time to listen yeah and pray and then listen and then you go on with your day but you start to build that rhythm of like Hannah was talking about in the in your car right where you're like maybe you do turn off the radio for a little while and just listen and mm-hmm. you know, lord what do you want to say to me today yeah
2: Seeing the things where he has moved in our lives and kind of in retrospect, when we come through something tough and we know that he brought us there looking back, it's helpful to then go back and be like, oh, you know what? That was him. And I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure it was at the time. But now I see can help us sort of refine um, our understanding and increase our faith.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Absolutely. Well, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I I hope you ladies listening have as well. And um, I'm excited for for just all the things that we got to talk about today. It was good. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Awesome. So, um, guys, as you have listened, this is our last episode which we're really sad about, in this series. It's not our last episode forever. We hope to do more podcasts in the future. But, Kasha, I wanted to ask, is there anything we should be looking forward to this summer that could maybe, like, enhance some of the things that we've talked about in all the last few weeks?
1: Well, I think, you know, of course, our big theme has been community and being stronger together. Um, and summer is sometimes a, a great time to work on maybe some specific pieces, mm-hmm. uh, maybe just because the rhythm sometimes changes in the, in the summer. And so we've got uh, on campus starting up June 13th and going throughout the summer, we have um, multiple grow classes meeting on campus. Um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we've got options for folks to come on campus to do a six to eight eight week class to deep dive on a topic, especially one that I'm really excited about because I get to help teach is our Bible reading basics class, which is going to help with that. How do you get more out of your study of the word? Um, we've got class on theology, we've got a class on evangelism, just lots of options for you. And you can find those out at faithbridge.org slash classes. And come join us this summer, dig into your faith a little bit, dig into community, um, but in a sort of short-term plan that uh, might work great with your summer plans. So
0: Absolutely, You should definitely check them out. If any of the things that we've talked about has piqued your interest, these would be great follow-ups and we'd love to see you face-to-face, not just through your ear, your AirPods. So. Um, well, before we go, we love to ask each of our guests on the show uh, the same question. So Hannah, we want to ask you, what is something that has brought you joy this
2: week? Let's see. Um, I've had some really good conversations with my son about God at bedtime. I know it's a tactic for staying up later, but it's also when he... Tells me all about what's happening in his heart and uh, how he talks to God. That's been awesome.
0: Oh, that's amazing. How sweet. I love it. What about for you, Kasha? What's something that's brought you joy this week?
1: Well, it's going to be my kids, too. Uh, here we are, two for two on kids. But uh, my son's home from college. My daughter is wrapping has wrapped up her school year. And so I've just gotten a little more time to laugh with them and just see uh, their, you know, their grown-up personalities coming out now, and uh, just to see that, to see their friends, to just becoming the people that they're meant to become is just, that's the best for me to see, mm-hmm. oh, now you're stepping into adulthood, and I just love it. So.
0: so good. I love it. Well, my my thing that has brought me joy is not my kids this week. I have no kids <laughs> to bring me joy. But, um, Gosh, I need to think about it. I didn't think before we we recorded. Uh, I think the thing that has brought me joy this week is uh, the Lord has been really revealing some specific encouragement in my life of just like ways that he's working and ways that he's you know, equipping with vision. And I oftentimes struggle with, am I doing anything that matters? Am I equipped to do anything? And I think he's just continued to affirm over and over again in the last week, like, look, I'm working and giving me a little uh, tastes of, of the things that he's doing. And so that's just been a sweet thing, I think, in my relationship with God that has brought me a lot of joy this week. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you ladies so much for being here today. And thank you for tuning in with us today. Those of you that are listening, this is the final episode in our series, but be on the lookout in the future for more from Faith Bridge Women's Podcast. We hope you've been spurred on in joy to love God more through our time together. So until next time.
2: Thanks for tuning in to this episode. We hope you found it helpful and encouraging. At FaithBridge, we're all about real people, real life, as we pursue our mission of making more and stronger disciples of Jesus Christ. Check out our other podcasts, including our weekly sermons, at faithbridge.org podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.